0: You're listening to the Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we're doing a suburb spotlight. It's been a while, but it's time to get out to the countryside. For the first time ever, we're going East towards Kalgoorlie, it's a part of the state that Brendan Ptolemy and I have been talking about a bit recently because for the first time in a while, very cyclical market there, it's actually got some green shoots. It's been doing well over the last couple of years and there is some confidence that it won't be a blip on the radar, that there is some long-term sustenance because of a bit of diversification and strength in its industries. The man I wanted to talk to today has two strings to his bow when it comes to coming on to the podcast today. He has sold an absolute monster of properties in Cal, and he's also received the Rewa Rookie of the Year last year. Elliot Bryce of Kalgoorlie Metro Real Estate, thanks so much for coming in, mate.
1: Thanks, right. Thanks for having me, mate. Absolutely.
0: To be Rookie of the Year in general is something that most kids should be pretty proud of but to sell 82 properties in what actually turned out, I believe, to have been nine months in the game by that point in time. I'm you know, very well for someone in their 20th year, let alone someone in their first year.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, not really something I would really thought about too much coming into the game. I think everyone sort of starts the job just trying to get their first sale. And I think I was pretty lucky to join a, an office where it wasn't an expectation, but almost just a standard held amongst the other agents where everyone was sort of going to play their part and get the five, six, seven, eight a month. I came in to a very hot market in Kalgooroo where people were buying and selling quite a lot. Um, and I suppose I just, yeah, slotted in quite quickly, head down, tail up, and definitely wasn't on the horizon to try and win the award, but it was a nice accolade to get at the end of it, so.
0: To win the award, you're up against some pretty good performers as well at the time. You weren't the only one in your own stratosphere there. There were some guys who were holding your tail, but to get 82 sales regardless, I know agents I know agents were number one in their suburb who have been doing this for decades, Who were very, very good at their job, very hard working as well, who don't come close to 82 sales a year, let alone nine months, right? So, well done on that. I assume there's many more big things to come. Thank you, mate. Let's hope that for years to come, Kalgoorlie is benefiting from clearly what is a good service, And maybe for you, there's bigger and better things on the horizon as well.
1: Thank you very much. I sure hope so.
0: That wasn't the point to get you in, though. The big point is to talk about Kalgoorlie. It's an area that we haven't covered before. As I said, we've spoken about it a bit recently because there's a bit of interest. It's bubbling up. Finally, Kalgoorlie is getting a little bit of love. And that doesn't start from people just wanting to live in Kal. They're obviously there for, I assume, work. Correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like on the ground at the moment before we go back in time and and understand some of the history of the place? Absolutely. What's the feel right now, mate?
1: Yeah, it was a funny one because Kegaloo hasn't always had a big FIFO market. It used to be quite a push from local businesses and mining companies to have people on the ground living in town. Obviously, as time goes on, companies expand and then FIFO had to become the option. Sort of since that's happened sort of 20 years ago, the town has. In some stages struggle depending on the stage of the cycle. As it stands right now, footy clubs are full, housing is a problem, accommodation's a problem and there's lots of people around. You drive down the main street and Hunnan Street and you might drive for 100 metres trying to find a parking spot. Wow. unheard of in a place like Kalgoorlie and I'm sure people that were there 10 years ago would go there now and think wow what's happened
0: what has happened
1: obviously purely based around mining pretty lucky over here in WA that we generally sort of rely a little bit on, on mining and obviously Kalgoorlie at the forefront of that a lot of industry around mining but we're very lucky to have a lot of people coming and going there's some crazy set about a thousand people a week coming and going in terms of in, in work I don't think there's many places in WA where that happens
0: for people who are maybe on the East Coast or don't know a lot about Kalgoorlie, can you explain what is the industry here? So obviously mining, but most people, I'm sure, I hope would know it's the home of the super pit, right? We're Absolutely. talking gold.
1: The richest square mile on earth, they call it. Yes, yeah, There's so no
0: iron ore here. It's all gold, bit of lithium, bit of copper, right? Yeah, bit of nickel in there as well.
1: Yeah, so basically, talking like 1860s, gold rush, people come out there trying to strike gold. As that sort of moved on, Coolgardie was the place to be, not so much Kalgoorlie. As it expanded, you hear of places like Gualia, which is now a ghost town, and then obviously Laverton, Leonora, places like that. Kaguli and Boulder were their own separate towns. It was only sort of 1989, I think it was, they amalgamated and you hear Kaguli boulder So yeah, not always been the hotspot, it's just been the gold fields as a whole. It's sort of last been the 30, 40 years where Caguli-Boulder has been the thing running it, and obviously the Super Pit being a big player in that.
0: Yeah, obviously, I think it was Bondi, wasn't it, who amalgamated all these little shafts. I think it was 40-something shafts at the time, little mining companies there and thought, guys, why don't we just get our heads together, get rid of all the sand in between yeah, and make it the super pit for what it is today. That's obviously changed the place. But you know, even in the last 10 years, I, having worked in the gold industry myself back when I was in my early 20s for a company that managed the super pit, actually, I'm very aware of the cyclical nature of Kalgoorlie. When I first started my career, gold was absolutely smashing the, the price was about 1800 dollars us then over time after the gfc that gold price starts to fall through the floor again as demand falls away then when the gold price starts to drop it becomes less economic to develop mining companies start to move into care and maintenance and just wait essentially until prices go up again so that's i guess what you're talking to is that cyclical nature of if we can't profitably mine we're not going to and therefore people lose their jobs
1: Correct. And I think from a, a town that's also trying to manage population with industry as well, it becomes a tough one. And when that price does float around a little bit, you go from quite decent vacancies at 10, 15% down to about 0.3% we're out at, at the minute. So from a housing or a property point of view. You know, we obviously react very much to the mining and what's going on there, but yeah, there's definitely some challenges involved. So,
0: Well, that's the point, right? It's a, it's a town that's small enough that small changes in population make a big difference to the supply stock. Everyone needs to obviously live somewhere and obviously supply lags demand. So if a business wants to start up and bring in 200 workers, 200 staff to their operation, well, it would take years to get maybe 100 houses up, right? And it also... Uh, workers' accommodation is something that's not as prevalent in somewhere like Kalgoorlie as it is in Karratha, for Mm. example. So, FIFO has become a reality. We're now at a gold price again of over $1,900 US, which is a price that is very profitable for a lot of these long-time mining companies. When you talk about it being a town that is chockers to the brim, it's not surprising. Yeah, It's one of those towns that I assume... If you know where the gold price is, you know where the property market is.
1: Obviously, no one's moving to town to live by the beach. So we generally find that when it does fluctuate, obviously, it becomes more of an accommodation shortage as opposed to a housing shortage. Like you said, you can't just turn around and create 500 places for people to live. So generally, companies start buying up existing housing in town. When there are people looking to move to town, mums and dads and families and whatnot, we do find that that stock is dried up quite a lot. And that's where we're at at the minute. There's not many
0: builders in the market, is there?
1: Correct. No, there's probably four at the moment that are sort of building that mum and dad product. In terms of development style commercial product, it's, yeah, few and far between.
0: Did the building boost, the building grants that came in in 2020, did that have an impact in Kalgoorlie at all?
1: Absolutely. I think we, at the time, had about 65 blocks on the market during that building boost, and I think we're down to about 16 for a while there. It wasn't really expected at the time. I think a lot of people were pessimistic about where the market was going to go. A lot of people jumped in and pulled their socks up and got into it. We haven't really felt the building timeline extend as much as what other people might have. But definitely from a market point of view, land supply has dried up a little bit. You've got Development WA who are doing their bit to keep land as well, and then a couple of private investors. But yeah, I think it's just it's what the town needed at the time. We don't build 150 houses a year. Kaggle is the sort of place that builds 40 or 50 houses. We're not going to solve a housing in a good year. Yeah, we're not going to solve a housing crisis in the space of two or three years. There are conversations being done in the background in terms of, you know, some accommodation options, not so much housing, um, accommodation options, to counteract the requ- you know the requirement and the demand from mining companies. And I think you know it's welcome in something in you know, a market right now. You don't want to try and take advantage of that and that's what's
0: happening. So well, it's a tough one, isn't it? There's two sides to the coin here, both extremes. We don't want either of them. One in a situation like it is right now where it's bursting at the seams and people are living in hotels. Mm. The other side though, where half the suburbs lying empty for three or four years and then crime and all that starts to come through as well. Correct. That swing, that cyclical nature in Calgary is one that investors if you're looking in this area, you need to understand. But the reason we're talking about Cal today is because if you're looking at the cycle, it's sort of the time where you'd probably dip your toes in the water right now, if not a year ago now. But my view, as I'm assuming yours is as well, is that Cal's got a bit of time to run. There looks like there's some medium to long-term sustainability in Calgary for the first time in a decade.
1: I think a lot of people have always thought these cycles that we go through is probably seven or eight years. I think for the first time, people, and they're always going to be optimistic, are looking a little bit more long-term. I think the pressures that we see in the market at the moment in terms of interest rates and whatnot don't affect a place like Kalgoorlie it's so as much. Correct. so you you know, your average meet, uh, medium house price is about 350 to 380 Also, the benefit of Kalgoorlie is it's mining, so generally higher incomes. So people that are going for a loan generally can still get the loan if they've got the deposit. The serviceability becomes the hard part when you're looking at interest rate rises. People that have higher income in a place like Kalgoorlie- Smoke it in. Correct. So it's more a serviceability problem with interest rates. Kalgoorlie, higher wages doesn't really have as much of a problem. So therefore, I think it will ride this wave pretty well. As Um, long as
0: the industry keeps continuing in its positive nature. And can you tell us something about, from your local knowledge, where's it going in Kalgoorlie?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got some big swingers doing some really, really big things out there. You know, your Northern Stars and Gems and whatnot, and they're playing a big role in what's going on. The Super Pit's just signed a new lease to keep going. It's a positive outlook there's a lot of towns around Cagglie that operate, and I think people don't really think about them. In terms of mines that operate, you've probably got 150k's worth of travel that some people are doing from town just to go and work on mine sites. You hear the horror stories about, you know, no accommodation in places like Leonora and Laverton, and they're having to stay in a place like Cagglie and then commute every few days or something like that. Not sort of where we want to be, but I suppose it's just a sign of the times to see where Cagglie is going or the goldfields are going, and obviously Cagglie Boulder being the key place behind it and um, sort of wearing the load a little bit.
0: Do you invest in Cal yourself?
1: I do, yeah. I have a pretty positive outlook in terms of where things go and sort of what advantages there are in, in a place like Kagoolie. I don't necessarily think that, you know, obviously there is cyclical natures to Kagoolie and if you're in a, in a position where you think there might be a point in the market where you need to jump out in a, in a, in a you know short amount of time, the potentially Kaggle might not be the place to go should the cycle change. But I think there definitely is some really good opportunity.
0: Let's talk about the housing stock. I'm assuming there's a lot of older stock. We're trying to get the most we can out of these properties over decades and decades. Can you talk to the options we've got here from the smallest, cheapest property to the largest, most expensive, highest value properties. What does it look like? What are the housing types? What are the building materials?
1: Yeah, so it's a bit crazy at the moment. We've got the old sort of asbestos houses built South Boulder, Boulder, those sort of areas. You can pick up a 500 square meter block with an old asbestos house on it for you know sub 200 grand. Still livable? Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is you know they're three by one, and they're currently getting rental appraisals and you know applications for 450 bucks a week. So the rental yields through the roof. It's it's madness. It's madness. And obviously there is the obvious investor side in terms of maintenance that can't be forgotten. And so in terms of a short-term investment, there are options to make some money from that yield that you can get. But obviously, from that product, there is the maintenance side. Um, in terms of, like I said, the last 20 years, Kaggle has been building 40 or 50 houses a year. So houses tend to stay new for a long time, and they hold their value really well when they are being built.
0: What are they built out of? Steel, brick?
1: It's all it's all brick veneer in Cagouli, brick veneer and tin roof.
0: Where are they getting their bricks from? Trucking them in from trucking them in, Perth? yeah, yeah, oh, on the train, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So there is obviously, I think, when all supply issues happen down in Perth and people were worried about not getting supplies for a few weeks, we are okay in Cal because we've always been ordering them three or four months in advance. Yeah, you had to yeah. exactly <laughs> right. It's been second nature to us. So there's a real sort of feel around Cal that. That newer product that is popping up, and like I said, there's not a lot of it, it does tend to hold its hold its line. But what we're finding right now is with rental prices going stupid, anything is, is renting for a good price and the yields are crazy and we're finding the investors from everywhere coming in to, to pick up something. So,
0: Well, when you think about the money that people make in mining and then you think about what people are charging in a place like Carafa, I'm hearing of rents getting close to $2,000 a week again in Bainton. And then you think about, oh, 600 $700 a week in, in Kalgoorlie. It's a drop in the ocean, really.
1: It makes me shiver. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even I hear some of the ones that we're getting now. You know, we have rental appraisals coming across the desk and people are offering $1,200 for a four-bedroom, two-bathroom home. It's not quite at Carratha and potentially where Port Hedland has possibly been in the past. We're not there yet. I shiver at the prospect that we will get there, but no, I think it's a pretty healthy balance at the moment. It, obviously, if housing supply or accommodation supply, two different topics sort of to, you know, start to level out a little bit, I still think it's a pretty good place to be.
0: How expensive can it get in Cal? What's the most expensive thing you've seen for a residential house in the suburbs?
1: There's some pretty nice ones. Generally, big blocks of land tend to hold a lot of value. Um, people in Cagulay love their land, love their sheds, love the pool. For a standard resi block of about 700, 800 squares, the most I've seen is about 1.2 or just over. Really nice house, beers on tap, all the rest you sort of see in the Peppermint Grove and the nice areas of Perth. But yeah, it's not not a very big product in Cagulay, probably one or two around, so... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the mayor's living in that one. Something like that. Yeah, he wouldn't (laughs) want me to say that, but yeah.
0: (laughs) We know what product we're looking at now. We understand a lot of the benefit is the yield if you're not going to be living in it. Who is buying right now? If you could personify your buyer, is it a family? Is it a FIFO fellow? Is it an investor? What does it look like most likely?
1: So the biggest thing that we look at at the moment as a sales team is sort of which price point we're looking at. Between the 250 and 350 market, you're generally looking at your people in Kaguilu that were only moving there for three or four years. There's a lot of those people around that want to live in a place like Cal. They just graduated. They're just coming out there to earn some money and they don't plan to live in there long term. And don't want to pay massive rents. So that's what we're finding. So they don't want to pay rent or they don't want to pay the huge rents. So they're falling on the sword and saying, look, we'll just buy something in Cal. It's going to save us money in the three or four years we want to stay. And they're the people saturating that market. In terms of the 450 plus from an investor point of view, not talking mum and dads or owner occupiers, we're finding a lot of people actually inquiring from over east they are coming in and hearing the rumors about the brick veneer houses with a tin roof that might be 15, 20 years old. You can pick them up for sort of 400 to 450.
0: Which is below replacement cost.
1: Correct. And then still rent, and still rent them out for 700 bucks a week. It's just madness. So, yeah, there's obviously the owner occupier side that will go above that 450, but generally that 250 to 350 market, we're finding is saturated by people that were renting, probably didn't want to buy in Cal, but now pushing into that market because of the prices.
0: Are there many people moving there for the long term? in the same way that people have been moving down to Busselton or Bunbury or making the move to Caratha, Or is it really just a working stock right now?
1: It is. We generally have a pretty good industry in terms of, like I said before, having the graduates, a lot of nurses, teachers, fireys and whatnot do come out to a place like Cal to get started. The classic quote in Kaggle is you come for three years and stay forever. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone... No one's mo- up front saying I'm here for a I don't think anyone now. moves to town and says I can't wait to spend 40 years here. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that grows on you and you start to fall in love with the place. Probably just has that, that effect on you in a small community, big enough to still have fun and do things and have a big enough crowd around, but obviously um, not small enough that you sort of find yourself getting stranded a little bit.
0: Who's selling right now?
1: This time of the year, obviously a lot of people coming and going from town. Like I said, a lot of people do actually stick to their word and get in three and four years. This time of the year, it's a lot of mums and dads that move around, obviously school years and whatnot. Investors who bought in the last boom are now potentially selling. They've probably had a po- positively geared rental investment for five, six, seven years since the last boom and they're now looking to get out. That might just be their investment position and what their outlook is at the moment and they're looking to move on. But yeah, it's mainly just mums and dads this time of the year. That's a, a seasonal thing. But what we're finding is now because we're getting back to those prices where they were probably five, six, seven years ago, if some investors are looking to sell up. They might have existing leases on property and not be wanting to go around again another three or four year lease. So.
0: All right. So we've spoken about our product, who's buying, who's selling. Can we get a bit more deeper into the residential market in Cal? Cal isn't just one suburb. You've got your six or seven suburbs within Kalgoorlie and I guess they have different socioeconomic positions, different benefits, different price points. Can you walk us through those as if they were your your children?
1: Yeah, correct. All right. You sort of look at a place like South Boulder and Boulder, they're generally sort of starting at at the lower end in price point. Victory Heights is another one that's just off the border of those two suburbs, but has a lot of newer housing in there. They were probably built in the 80s. They are brick. They are tin roof as opposed to boulder and south boulder. A lot of those are the old asbestos style or cladding style on stumps. As you head back towards town, you've got your south Kalgoorlie, which is, again, an older style but still in that stump, stump land in terms of no, no concrete slab, no brick veneer. Heading back through Cal, very similar, but are probably starting to move a little bit up in terms of the price point. You've gone from south boulder and boulder sort of talking mostly in that 250 to 350 range. You can get up to Kalgoorlie where prices start to get up to 500 for the nicest sort of houses, 550 depending on sort of age and where they're at.
0: Um, in terms of the new, so this er- is the suburb of Kalgoorlie, right in the middle of town. So
1: now we're talking. Yes, yeah, so we've just moved from Boulder, which was its own town once upon a time, and moved back towards town. Okay. So now we're in Kalgoorlie. There's two ways to go. Yeah, they get on the road back to back to Perth and go past Somerville and Broadwood. They are the two newer suburbs of town. Probably talking last 20, 30 years a lot of housing out there are bigger blocks 800 square metres plus mum and dad the more sort of nesting type that have lived there for a long time and they've built the house they want to live in for a long time. Out there, you can go anywhere from 450 all the way up to about 700, 800 typically.
0: It's close to the airport as well.
1: Correct. And then you go from town and keep going out outways. You've got Lamington, probably the nicest old, older area in Kalgoorlie. What a name for a suburb, by the way. <laughs> Lamington, yeah. I know, yeah. And then obviously, you would have heard the rumors about the golf course out there. It has been a really, really big step forward for Kalgoorlie. There's now, I just have to guess, probably two. 200 to 250 houses out there at the moment. Like a golf course estate? It's an estate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's called Greenview Estate. They're bringing out probably 30 or 40 blocks a year out there.
0: Is that a development, WA? That's a development, WA. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I assume it wouldn't have been a profitable development for anyone else. So they've done it simply just to help with stock.
1: Yeah, potentially. I think it's more so just sort of playing their bit and keeping land supply where it should be and trying to level it all out. That's their job. right? Correct. Yep. But yeah, that's that's been a big one. Um, in terms of local land supply and where growth areas are, it's very, very, hard to pick in a place like Kalgoorlie. We are landlocked by mining leases and also native title. So there's not really opportunity for developers to come in from outside and go on Google Maps and find a block of land on the outskirts of town and pick a big plot of land to subdivide. We are landlocked by those two things. So that's the challenge that you find in a place like Kalgoorlie. You got to kind of grow inwards as opposed to out.
0: Not the worst idea.
1: No, no.
0: What about Hannons? That's a very... Famous name, right?
1: Correct. So, Paddy Hannon gets all the credit for, for obviously coming to Kalgoorlie and sort of establishing it as a, as a mining town. The guy that did most of the work, I think, was Henry LaFleur at the time. He was the man that did all the hard work, and Paddy was swanning it up. So, yeah, Hannon's is a nice area as well. Um, Development WA have done some work out there in Karkula. So, that's also been expanding, but has also gotten to its point where it's at its max and it can't really go much further. So, in terms of growth, you're sort of looking at the golf course. Hannon's and Karkula are now looking a little bit more like an established area with only one really looking like a, a up-and-coming um, at Karkula, so
0: Very good. So let's segue into development. You really quickly mentioned the constraints there. Is Kalgoorlie the sort of place where a developer could rock up and turn a buck doing some subdivision or some development?
1: I think absolutely. There are, like I said, there are blocks of land internally to pick up a block of land and do a subdivision to get it going. The biggest thing that we find or the biggest challenge that we have is that people in Kalgoorlie live regionally They generally have motorbikes and tools and want the shed and the big block of land. As an investor or a property developer, you understand that you want to make... Meet the market. Correct. You want to also maximize zoning and scaling and whatnot. A lot of the time you find 1,200 square meter block, you couldn't chop it up four times and the 300 square meter block market isn't what people are after. If you could go and buy a 10,000 square meter block, make 10 blocks, it'd fly off the books in two minutes. So we're finding that although you can grow internally, the market really, really shouts out for those bigger blocks. So from a developer point of view, it's often tough to try and meet the market where you don't want to go totally low density and try and minimize the profits or the scale of what you're doing. But then if you go to the high density side of things, there's just not the capacity or the amount of people in town that are looking to buy that product.
0: That's interesting, especially given the constraints. Obviously, the zoning will be set up to incentivize that. But what you're saying is that people are still voting with their feet.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that, like I said, have, have lived in Kagu and they'll live there forever. The typical block in Kagu is 800 to a full quarter acre and they want the pool, they want the shed and they want you know the yard to deal with. Coming in and trying to develop 50 units from a high density point of view isn't really something that's been done yet. It is a market that'd be interesting to see if it does ever take off.
0: Are there any apartments at all?
1: No, not really. There's a couple of the main street above retail office space but yeah, not really new apartment space, no. no.
0: That's really interesting because you see a place like Karratha, it's it's had a couple of those now. And you think about Kalgoorlie, it's a mature market as well. It probably gets the, the money side of things, the cost, but also the entry point there. If it ever worked, I'm sure there'd be some market for your teachers, your nurses and these sort of things to come in on a cheaper but much more low maintenance option for them. Again, it just has to work financially. Let's move into the final question and I love this. I love asking this question because I get to hear a bit more about your personal preferences. You mentioned the median house price is about $350,000. Yep. Yep. With $350,000 in your pocket cash today, what would you buy in Kalgoorlie and on what street?
1: I'd probably be going to, it's a block of land on Hanbury Street in Kalgoorlie at the moment. I'd be going for that one there. You can pick it up for around 60K. It's about 400 square meters. You could put a little two by two or a three by two on that. Obviously looking at new construction, you get the benefit of depreciation, but then also from a rental yield point of view, people love new property in a place like Kalgoorlie. A product like that will always be rented out and you can generally do pretty well out of it. It won't cost you too much to do. Mm. Cheap land, a cheaper building in a two-by-two or a
0: three-by-two product. And what would be your favorite street in general in Kalgoorlie?
1: probably Aslett tribe where I live myself. And where's um, that? And where's that? It's, it's, it's near the next to the golf course. It's a nice spot out there. It's nice and quiet. I don't play a lot of golf myself. Probably should play a little bit more, but it's just a nice spot to be off the beaten track a little bit. So yeah, that's probably it for me.
0: <laughs> Elliot Briers, Calgary Metro, Western Australia's Rookie of the Year for 2022. Thanks for coming in, mate, and good luck with the rest of your career.
1: Thanks, Trent. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show.